Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, my name is Zoe Birkett, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Hello, and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. She's the West End leading lady known for her kick-ass vocals and comedy in smash hit musicals including Moulin Rouge, The Great British Bake Off Musical, Thriller Live, Tommy, and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, among others. And now she's taking on the beloved role of Rachel Maron once again in the smash hit touring production of The Bodyguard, having previously starred as Rachel during the production's 2015 tour. So here in an exclusive conversation as she prepares to take to the stage and channel her inner Whitney, we talk returning to the poptastic world of The Bodyguard and how she's blending the beautiful world of motherhood with life on the road. Plus, we talk cooking up a success with the brilliant Great British Bake Off musical at the Nolcow Theatre, which she most recently departed, originating the role of Arabia in the original cast of Moulin Rouge the musical in London's West End, and belting for the gods in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And of course, there may also be some pop idol chat too. It's the extraordinary voice of Zoe Burkett, here now on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To ensure the safety of all involved in this episode of Eleven, Zoe and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Please help me welcome to this, the next episode of Eleven. She's the theatrical leading lady with The Voice that's taking on the music icon with The Voice. So I believe this should be a match made in heaven, hopefully feeling like a million dollar bill today. Hi Zoe Burkett, how are you? Hello, I'm very good, William. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much oh. for agreeing to do this. I know I joked there in, at the start, but like this does feel like the most perfect pairings. I mean, you, the bodyguard. I mean, we can talk about specifics, the fact that you've got such a wonderful legacy with this show and it's so so exciting that you're back but for you right now are you just living in a wonderful world of Whitney absolutely I mean it's been around well it has been eight years since I, since I've sung Whitney so Whitney's always been my idol since I've grown up I'm, I think I sung Whitney Houston songs every week on pop idol so um I know her whole back catalogue I'm a huge fan I grew up wanting to be Whitney Houston um so when the opportunity came around eight years ago to be a part of the show then of course I snatched at the chance and then I've been in the West End ever since and I don't I don't tour anymore I do a lot of shows in in West End now with me being a mummy touring's not really um, really my thing with me having a little girl and I like to be able to go home and do the school run and stuff but this kind of fitted in perfectly with um, with the six weeks holidays which is madness so I've got my daughter and my family on tour with me How does that work out? I mean that feels like exciting but also terrifying but also crazy I mean is it as fun as you would expect or is it kind of tricky to, to balance the two? Yeah I mean obviously for, for me playing such a massive role I have to do a lot of vocal rest so like you're the first mm. person I've spoken to today <laughs> Well done <laughs> Um, 
Um, so I do a lot of walking rest in the day. Luckily, I've got a really good support network around me. My mum my is our full-time nanny. So she comes here in the week with me during the week. And she will take Aria out in the morning and do some bits. And then I go and join them, join them in the afternoon. And then on a weekend, my husband comes as well. And they kind of do a baby swap. And um, and my husband is here at the weekend. And she gets it. She's seen me, my daughter, in various different roles now. So she understands about the whole vocal rest thing, <laughs> which is good. When the idea came along, logistically, it worked in terms of where you're at personally and in your yes. career but were you like yeah absolutely I want to do it or do you have to enter into a project like this with a little bit of caution because we can joke about the fact there is a legacy but like the legacy is so huge and the ask on you as a vocalist is so huge mm-hmm. like do you have to go oh where am I at like how quickly do you say yes initially um I had to say no actually because I actually I have the witches um at the national starting mm. um in September so I knew I had that since February so I literally finished the great British breakoff musical end of May um and I got the call to come back full-time as a bodyguard and I said unfortunately I have I'm already booked and that was the kind of the end of that conversation and then they came back quite a few times and just said let's we'd love to have you even if it was for a few weeks which is lovely and I literally I thought you know what I can either have a hot girl summer of nothing and just having fun with my child which would be great or I can bring her with me and so she can get an understanding of how important you know important Whitney is to the family I mean I walked down the aisle to all the man by Whitney Houston so she has a very familiar understanding with how special Whitney Houston is to me anyway and I thought now is the kind of the only opportunity I will get to re may possibly revisit this role again with it being the timing of it with me being you know booked up until the end until um, next year and she's free and she's in the six weeks holidays so I spoke to my agent I said listen if we can make this work I've got five weeks that I can give them you know my daughter would be with me and my family and and immediately bodyguard producers were like we'd love to and you know we'll we'll you know accommodate to 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 your needs which has been lovely does that sort of relationship and conversation happen a lot because i think that sounds incredible that they're trying to make working mums work in the industry which is something that i know hasn't always happened but Mm -hmm. you know does that conversation happen a lot and i guess does it feel if not that progress is happening where this conversation is happening perhaps more absolutely you hear so much more now about people doing job shares producers being a lot more accommodating to like, like you say, to, to working parents, not, not just mothers and fathers as well, but everyone's different. And I like to be in my own home. It's been a very long time since, since I've toured. Um, so for me to come away um, from the home, it would have to be something, ex, you know, extremely special. And so this, you know, this, this one felt like the right move to come back again. Definitely. So coming back, how has it been? I guess, did it feel like it did before? Did it feel like a different version of Zoe doing it? Mm. I guess, how, how has it been actually practically now putting it into place now you've begun the performances? It's been very, very different. I mean, obviously, initially the cast, I had to meet the cast. Um, they've all been doing it since January with a different Rachel Marin. So for me, I kind of had to come in immediately and go, I've only got two weeks. I'm familiar with the show, but I know the vibe is different. Mm-hmm. Had to kind of, you know, re- you know, rebuild the chemistry with the Frank Farmer. Um, and they've been so welcoming and, and, and so lovely. And, and now that I'm kind of towards the end of my first week, I've just, I've slotted in really well. And, you know, a lot of people, which is lovely, have, got, have gone, we wish you weren't leaving. So that's lovely. <laughs> that's so nice that, that it, I guess that there is this opportunity for them to welcome in new people, but yes. also for you to feel like you can take ownership over I guess how has Rachel changed in you as a person like I presume were you oh, a mum back then or is this a different no. version of you? yeah absolutely my Rachel I would say my, my Rachel's completely different I mean the producers have been so lovely and complimentary on Monday my opening night and they, they just said this is how we want Rachel to be so that was a huge compliment to me I was obviously um you know not I wasn't a mother back then eight years ago my daughter's six um but I was with my husband at the time so he's seen a huge change in me as an actress as a vocalist the growth in me but then being able to also obviously emotionally connect to the text and the script this time around as a mother has been has been brilliant. I've, I've really enjoyed 
playing a mother knowing you know the real feelings that I have with my own child that's such an interesting point you make there because I was going to ask like I don't think it's spoiling anything I feel like this story is very well known that there is obviously yeah. this whole relationship around the, the children in the show and obviously her mm-hmm. and this person that's trying to let's say get in the way of that but also there's this relationship of a mother so desperate to protect her child Absolutely. I guess for you like I was talking to your predecessor and, and Melody was saying how it's actually almost as exhausting doing the slightly more reserved bits in the emotional bits connected to the child as it is singing the hits you know really going for it I guess is that something that you've experienced and you experience as an actor yeah of of course I mean obviously well not obviously people don't know the story my sister passes within the within the script um and that for me is a a poignant moment as an actress where one you need to obviously connect emotionally with that and make sure that the audience believes you for a start you know believes you as a mother um and I think naturally now I wasn't as maternal back then because I didn't understand having a child I was you know living for child free so now with them with having little boys by my side every day obviously I miss my own daughter so I can bring my own emotion as well to the piece and I actually can't wait for her to meet the little Fletchers you know that because she's gonna just get on with them so well this time around for me is it's it's definitely more emotional I'm definitely more connected to the piece I'm definitely more you know in almost I mean, I'm not. I'm not Whitney Houston setting out millions of concerts, but we have a very similar, you know, path in the sense of Rachel Maron. The character is, you know, very busy. She has people in her house all the time. She's living this whirlwind, which is literally my life. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, we've all been had trolls and stalkers over, you know, over the years, and there's a lot of that that I can actually bring in from my own life into into um, Rachel as an actress. And for you as a vocalist as well, like, do you embrace the opportunity not just to sing? Whitney, but to sing Whitney in such quick concession, one after another, but also with the acting and the singing and the dancing and everything yeah. on top of it. Are you like, yeah, bring it on? Or is, is yeah, that sort of, of like climb, climbing a mountain every day? No, I mean, listen, the, the mountain is there anyway when you, when you sign up for it. And one of the things that I've always said within this industry is that you have to, you know, remain on top of your game at all costs, whether it's mm. continuing to do your dance lessons, your singing lessons. Fitness is huge to me. Literally, as soon as we finish this conversation, I'm heading to the gym. I've got to make sure that my stamina is always there every day. And there isn't room for error, unfortunately, within this show. There's The moment the show goes up, you've got Queen of the Night till the end, which is, you know, I will always love you into Dance Somebody. You've got, you know, a whole two hours of jam-packed Whitney. You've got to be at your peak of fitness, your peak of, you know, as a vocalist and an actress. There's, there's just no room for error. So... Yes, it's a mountain, but I mean, listen, I've got good hiking boots. <laughs> <laughs> good analogy. Well done, well done. But I also, you must know that everybody that proactively says, yes, I'm going to buy a ticket and I'm going to go for a night at the theatre, you know yeah. those people are with you, which means you can enjoy it together, right? You say that, but I, because it is such a mammoth role, there's also, I think you have, naturally as a performer, you kind of go... From the moment you open your mouth, these people are, you know, expecting something, <laughs> something fabulous. They're expecting to, no one sounds like Whitney. None of us sound like Whitney, but we have to have, you know, that extreme power behind um, our, our vocals and um, the richness, you know, the range. And if you can't deliver that, it's, you know, the audiences are going to be disappointed. So for me, it's just making sure every day that from the moment I am, you see me, know that I'm invested and then, and then you know, you, you're going to be in safe hands. <laughs> what is going through your mind when you, you sort of, the, it starts and you hear those calls for Queen of the Night and it kicks in? Are you like 
yay or like oh wow okay here we oh, go no. like, like what like, happens i'm like yay i mean i'm literally like screaming to all the dancers before come on let's <laughs> have it you know I'm, I'm one of those but i mean there is an element i think queen of the night for me there's two songs that are actually the hardest i would say within the piece one of them is queen of the night and that's because it is such the only way i can describe it is balls to the wall song um and for an opening there's no kind of gearing up towards that it's like you bam you're there and you've got to produce these really solid power vocals and then also I would say one moment in time which is straight it comes immediately after the Nikki death mm. and when you're crying as an actress that can put strain on your vocal cords you know um, so you've got to kind of learn how to cry in a believable but protective place for your voice mm. and then you've got to clack out one moment in time after crying so I always find those two are placed really strange like I would love Queen of the Night to be maybe the end of Act One because you're kind of warming into <laughs> To it and then you can sing it and then I'd, I'd love one more moment in time to maybe the beginning of act two because that's kind of where you're at your warmest you know but they're literally beginning queen of the night okay let's get this hard one out of the way and then one moment in time you're like okay let's 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 pack this out after crying <laughs> <laughs> i was wanted to ask you about acting and, and i guess embracing a script because i had the pleasure of seeing you on three separate occasions in oh, the Off musical and it was oh. just extraordinary I mean firstly I think a lot of people going with with preconceptions of what that show is going to be and the genius of, of what you guys did was that it just blew everything out of the water it's so good the cast album is something that I, I revisit almost daily but I guess oh, for, I you, for you like that's such a character driven role that you played and she was so funny and you're you're funny anyway but I guess do you like it when there's direction and character and something to really sort of dig your teeth in and I guess for you do you like playing characters that are funny that you know you've got to deliver us it sort of doesn't work I guess what goes through your head oh I, I love them I mean take away the fact interviews while doing the bodyguard are hard because I have a really high-pitched funny northern accent normally anyway but in order for me to continue to do this role successfully every single night I need to keep my larynx in a low place so even me doing interviews with you now naturally if you were to chat to me when I wasn't within this show maybe if I was in Bake Off we'd get a completely different interview because I'd have a lot more spirit and I'd be a bit more uplifted because I'm not I'm not having to reserve as much you know for the evening mm. performance but Bake Off for me the, the the comedy as soon as I saw the script and I got sent the script um, to come in Scott Page already did the role at Cheltenham so I was going to be one of the myself and Hayden Gwynn were like two of the new people um, everybody else had previously done the one in Cheltenham so after I finished Moulin Rouge I got sent the script for Bake Off um, for Kim and I just thought it was hilarious and I just I knew of Scott we'd never worked together one with us both being northern I was like this could be brilliant and I thought I love his personality I'd seen his, his videos online really loved him as a you know as, a, as an actor and a, and a comedian it, it was important for me to take roles this year where people saw me in a different light and everybody kind of knows I can sing the phone book but I think the fact that I kind of went into Bake Off and a lot of my fans were like oh you, you don't really really sing that much in Bake Off I was like well yeah that's 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 the point I have to get other things to my CV to to show other people's different sides of me because singing I've done singing for 20 years and I've, I've also been you know an, an actress now for goodness me in the West End for over almost 15 years mm. but I need people to see me on a different side and I love comedy pieces I love comedy scripts I've said to my agent listen whatever comes to the door for comedy put me in I want to be a part of that um, and then when Witches came up I read the script for that and again brilliant script hilarious I'm a huge fan of the films so yeah this year was mainly for, for, 
acting driven to be honest um rather than looking at material that was going to be help with my singing because that we all know that I have so it was about the other side of um the other side of me this year are you the sort of person that embraces challenges and things like that or perhaps tries to overcome what other people's you know very fair perceptions are for whatever reason and you're there to smash through that Uh, absolutely I mean even coming back to 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 the bodyguard and I've had um various especially this week because we're in Crawley which is near London various different producers and directors come and watch me this week and they're like goodness me you're just growing and growing even more as an actress and that's just that's important to me to be able to equal equal both of the sides out you know is is really important because I think I've done so many shows you know like your Priscilla Queen of the Desert Moulin Rouges um you know where people know if there's something if there's a big production with a big old ballsy soundtrack Zoe Burkett's gonna be in it you know but I think it's good for me to do some other things as well just to keep that other side of me you know going as well but things like like the two reference there but like Moulin Rouge and Priscilla you're it's always your version it never feels like you're trying to copy or emulate somebody else and I feel like that's one of your great strengths is that you have the ability to be confident enough in your voice to do it your way do you think that's Mm -hmm. perhaps why you've had such success possibly I think you can't go around just trying to be anybody else there's only there's only one of you you know the amount of people think you know may look at you know myself online and things that I put out and they think goodness she's going at something else again but what you don't see is the rejection that I get as well you know you know weekly for other roles um that I might really want as well so one of the things is just to try and stay authentic and you know the right thing will be right for you at the end of the day definitely and I think that's hard to you know especially with rejection that's hard to think about and maintain but I think that that outlook will get good results right yeah of course and I think listen something happened to me when I became a mother as well you know this wonderful career that I've had that I love and that I'm continuing to strive and you know grow with as I get even you know even as I get older I'm, I'm 38 but still there's so much more that I want to achieve but one thing that I did one thing that did happen to me when I became a mother is you know what if I don't get a job it's okay because it means I get to spend some more time at home with my family and you've got to remember there's other important things in your life other than getting that known I see so many young people especially for the of the pandemic being heartbroken over not getting jobs or getting agents and you've got to go you've really got to write things down that are going great in your life and just keep heading back to that piece of paper and going I may not have got that job but look at all these positive things that I've got today within my life just to just to keep remembering how was it for you when the opportunity to go into Priscilla came along a show that I think probably took every ounce of your energy out <laughs> of you because my god was that a roll and a half Priscilla was was just great fun I was one of three divas original cast as far as set and production and like no expense spared Priscilla was definitely up there with I mean the bus itself was something like five million pounds and just being one of the divas and coming down you know from the ceiling hanging there singing all these 70s disco classics was just right up again right up my street and it was like when I heard it was coming over and I did my research I was like well I have to be in this (laughs) and that I felt the same with Moulin Rouge I can't lie when when Moulin Rouge opened on Broadway and I managed to watch some clips and stuff from their performances I was like well I have to be in this don't I (laughs) (laughs) you know it's um you see certain things that you hear coming over and you're like this has got my name written all over it but then you know as an actress as well you kind of go I don't want to be also just put in a box so then I have to just also turn things down that people expect me to do I mean you know there's there's been things that I've been asked to do this year that are coming to West End next year then I've got yeah I can see why you'd want me in it but I that's too it's too easy for me to do I need to continue to keep challenging myself and growing and so thank you but 
this path that I'm on now is about more, more, more growth. Does it always live up when you have something like Moulin Rouge, when you've watched it online or like Priscilla, you research the role, you see other people doing it. When you're in that moment of just about to descend from the scene or just about to open the show and the curtain starts to fold upwards, do, do those moments always live up to how you think or are they always so different, but in a good way? Oh my God, they, li they, they live up. Um, I, I, I was very rare where I kind of go, oh my God, this is, this is happening. But Moulin Rouge, I think, after just doing nothing for two years with the pandemic, and I mean, I didn't even do that much stuff online due to choice, to be honest. My my life since 16, since doing Pop, Pop Idol, has been like job after job and work, and I have touched wood, been extremely blessed that I've continued to work for so long. But having that opportunity, which was taken out of my hands to not work, hmm. I kind of took hold you know took hold of that and, and ran with it so I didn't do anything in the pandemic really I chose to you know be a full-time mummy support my husband because he was his his job was like going through the roof he's a, he's a mortgage broker and lots of stuff were happening to him in a good way so then I took the reins you know my end because he definitely takes all of the reins when I'm at work um and I had two years of just having this great amazing bonding time with my daughter and being able to just be around the home and do homely things which I never get to do at the end of the pandemic, I actually had to have a hip replacement um, because I had serious problems with my hip. And I was like, oh, my God, am I ever going to be able to perform again? Like the jobs that I do were very like, you know, Beyonce, like I'm coming for you. I'm going to eat it up. I'm going to dance and sing. Watch what I can do. And I thought, am I going to be a singer who's just going to have to stand there and just sing ballads? Like that's not who I am. Um and so I did so much physio and fitness. And when Moulin Rouge came around and I, and I entered the audition, I, you know, naturally I was like, am I going to even be able to do the audition? Am I going to be able, if I get it, am I going to be able to handle 12 months because of my hip? But actually getting my hip replaced, I should have done when I was like 20 because now I've got a body of like a 20 year old. <laughs> it's like, it's the best thing I ever did. And when that curtain came up the first night, I had all my family in and my husband. And, and literally I, I could have cried. I mean, the opening is 12 minutes long and it's, absolute mammoth of a beast of an opening but by the end I was just in tears like I did that like not only have I done it and I've got myself this great job off the back of a pandemic I've had a hip replacement like I'm 37 like oh my goodness this is brilliant and yeah I just you never 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 stop if you want stuff just never stop going for it and never stop dreaming and never stop trying your best because like even things like the pandemic, I was like, maybe I won't work now. Maybe I'll slow down a little bit. I'm getting a bit older. But actually, if anything, I've just got more fire in my belly than ever before. And also you have to sing the first line of a show, a brand new musical. No pressure, babe. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> Every night was fine. But the, the moment where I was like, oh, my God, it was actually the Olivier was. Yes. Because it was with like a massive, huge orchestra, Royal Albert Hall. Every single producer, director you could think of, it was going to be televised. I was like, listen, I'm I'm opening the show up. Like we, we, we opened the other days I was like my voice is the first thing that everyone is going to hear if I screw this up or if I'm out of tune so that was a moment where actually as soon as I heard the boom doom 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 I was like right Birkett get a hold of this bitch we're going <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to just be like be able to see all the cogs in your brain going literally fuck this up. yeah literally <laughs> literally <laughs> you um I wanted to tell you actually that you were the very first concert that I went to see you're, you're never going to remember this but it was it was that. in Nottingham and it was the Gareth Will and Zoe show <laughs> And I got told to sit down by an usher for standing up and dancing. So we have oh, history. No, and I tell this that. story all the time. They, I went to my first concert and they said, stop being gay, sit down, basically, was what I got told. And <laughs> I never did. And I had the best time. So thank you for that.
that. You are very welcome. Thank you for coming. I love that. And here we are. Here we are. That was like full circle, right? It was going to happen. It might have taken 15, 20 years, but we got there. That's the most important thing. We've spoken about just a few of the amazing projects that you've been part of, the ways Mm -hmm. in which you've pushed yourself, like very deeply, very personally, but also tried to expand what might be possible and what you think is attainable and to be able to smash all of those. When Mm -hmm. you think back to your very first job in the West End, when you think about your very first theatrical job and all yeah. these markers, all these chapters that you've done, what would the Zoe back then think of the Zoe now? Oh, goodness me. Um, probably wouldn't believe that I've, I'm still here. I mean, I've always been very driven, but I think especially things like the pandemic, nobody knew that was coming. And I know so many people who are super, super talented who just had to close the door on it because they couldn't take it mentally anymore they couldn't you know they couldn't face it they couldn't and, and, and I'll be honest theaters changed after the back of pandemic you know the producers want different things now you know and the doors are opening for different people and lots of it is wonderful lots of it is wonderful but lots of it is hard on other performers as well like getting the doors closed on them and I think for me I'd be just listen I'd be proud I'd be proud of myself that I've stuck it out to be honest um I've had so many no's, even when a lot of people think I get a lot of yeses, I get a lot of no's. And those no's just make me go, let me get the feedback that I want from them. You know, if I've got to work on something, then believe me, I will. Like I will, if you want me to work on something, I will, I'll work harder than anybody in the room. Um, but I think I'd be very proud of myself for for continuing to stick it out, especially now that I'm a mother, a working mother. Um you know, a lot, a lot of mums um, within the industry itself, it's hard. You know, we, we, we suffer a lot of guilt being away from the home, um, not being there for, you know, sports days or, you know, nativity concerts because we have bloody two matinees or something, you know. So yeah. there's a lot of sacrifice. Um, but I'm, I'm still here and I'm just I'm happy that I'm still thriving in this this business we call show business after, you know, 22 years. Definitely. Another day, another Zoe Slay, I think, should be the, uh, the new I motto. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Zoe, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And most importantly, keep enjoying the madness of this industry. And most importantly, thank good you. luck with the bodyguard as well. It's really lovely to talk to you. So thank you so much. Lovely for that chat. Thanks, William. Amazing. Take care. I'll, I'll see you soon. Bye, babe. Bye, darling. <laughs> You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. At LASIK Plus, we know LASIK is a big decision, and every one of our patients is unique. That's why we customize your LASIK journey to you. I only have a certain budget. No problem. Right now at LASIK Plus, get $1,000 off LASIK when treated in May. 
That's $500 off per eye, plus guaranteed financing options. So visit MyLasikOffer.com today to start your journey towards 2020 vision. Must mention this promotion and be treated in May of 2024 to qualify. $1,000 off standard price of Wavelight Procedure. $500 off for one eye. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Go to MyLasikOffer.com for details.